Northwest Prime, bringing Seattle to the world and the world to Seattle. I'm your host, Lori Ness, a soldier on the front line of the mainstream. You can listen to this and other shows at northwestprime.com and be sure to stay with Seattle Wave Radio 24-7-365 for more great music and interviews. We're starting a movement of kindness and we want you to join us. Let's get this show started. Thanks for joining us today. Author Shay Savage could almost be a made-up character in her own stories. This married mom of two living in Ohio loves zombies, Star Wars, and soccer, and each of her mind-bending novels consistently tops the sales charts. She's a very busy woman. She's on a photo shoot right now, and we're just really thrilled that we could bring her on and, and share her with our audience. So thanks, Shay, for coming on today. Well, thanks a lot for having me, Lori. Well, you are a very, very busy woman. I, I was just talking about you being on a photo shoot right now, so it's probably living the dream, as, as people might think. Oh, sometimes it's a dream, sometimes it's a nightmare, but all in all, I'm not going to complain too much. <laughs> <laughs> how, how did this whole thing start? To take us back to the beginning, were you always a writer? I, I think I've always been a writer, and I've always had stories in my head that were just kind of pounding on me and wanting me to write them down. But I think you know, when I was a child and just growing up in school, although I, you know, I had people encourage me to do things that were creative, it wasn't really something that was seen as a career, you know, it wasn't something that you actually pursued. I mean, it's sort of like, you know, being a rock star or doing you know, something along those lines. It just wasn't something you, you would consider seriously. So although it was always kind of a hobby, I never thought that I would actually make a living off of it. <laughs> I'm still <laughs> trying to figure out how that happened. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that is the, the golden ticket that everybody wants. So, you know, when, when I talk to musicians, they say they dream about music in their sleep. Do, do, do you dream stories as a writer um, when, when you're sleeping? I'm, I'm, actually, I'm actually quite an insomniac, and I don't sleep very much at all. And what I do instead is write in my head. So I will lay in bed and write the stories as I'm attempting to fall asleep. And then I'll, well, how and then did I'll you decide... get up and write them instead of sleeping. Right, right. Yeah, um, just get them to paper or something as, as quickly as possible. How did you decide to kind of bring that then out of the shadows and into the public domain? Because that's in itself a, very risky and takes a lot of courage. It was very frightening. Uh, you know, when you know, right about, I guess it's been about nine months now. Um, I decided to leave the corporate world, but that's a get a little ahead of myself. You know, I I wrote. A full-length novel, I want to say it was about 1995, 96, and thought I would, you know, go the traditional publishing route and all that. You know, digital publishing really wasn't the thing then, and, you know, not to any kind of large scale. So, you know, I kind of started looking at, you know, do I want to do I want to publish this? And got a little frightened off, honestly. It was just, you know, people telling you, well, you know, you're never – you know, you're going to get all these rejection letters, and do you know how many Dr. Seuss got, and all you know, all these other, all these other things. You know, it was really very discouraging. You know, that you were going to, you were going to fail over and over again, no matter how good you were. You were going to fail over and over again before you were ever given any kind of opportunity. So I kind of forgot about it for a couple of years. I had a child and changed careers. You know, was doing a bunch of other things. You know, life things at, at that time. Looked at that book a couple of years later and decided it was absolute crap. And I didn't have to, you know, rewrite the entire thing. 
and Sasha just started you know, playing with with characters that belong to other people. You know, I, I wrote a lot of Star Wars fan fiction, and I, you know, wrote fan fiction for other other genres at all, which you know is, I, I guess, is okay for us to admit now. You know, so many authors really did write a lot of fan fiction before they were ever published, and I'm I'm definitely one of those. Um, I loved working with the fan fiction community. You got a lot of instant feedback on things that people liked and things where you could improve, and it was a great learning experience for me. Um, just being in that area, and then basically I just decided to to take the plunge, and I released Otherwise Alone, which is a short story, in December of 2012, and then that was followed with Surviving Rain in May of 2013, and it was the success of Surviving Rain that I looked at that, and I said, wow, I, I really could make a living off of this. You know, fanfic is a um, it, it's, it's quite a phenomenon in its own, you know, kind of existence. Oh, okay. I, I'd never heard of it before um, Fifty Shades of Grey came along, and, and then I, I, I it just really has unfolded itself many, many times over. And out of that became this really it, it, it was more like a writing group is is really the way I, I feel like it should be characterized instead of kind of just saying fan fiction because all of these women and there's probably men too but um but a lot of women they were very supportive of each other in these writing almost workshops and seminars through this portal that's, that's, of, yeah, of fan fiction yeah, that's then that's exactly what it is i mean the the traditional fan fiction way of writing is you write a chapter and then you put that chapter up, you know. So you write the first the first chapter of your story and you put it up and you get this this immediate instant feedback from people. They go and read it and they say, "Wow, you know, I, I love it. I want you know, I want to hear more. I want to hear more about about the story. I want to know what's going to happen next." And you'll have people will come up and say, "You know, hey, you know, maybe you know, I, I like the storyline and stuff, but you could really use somebody to go over this for you before you put it out online because there's a lot of grammatical mistakes or." You realize you you kind of left a plot hole here open or or whatever it is, but they give you that that feedback that helps you improve. And so you'd write the second chapter and think about the things that people told you about the first chapter, and then you'd start to improve it. And then as you go on, and every week or every couple of weeks, you're releasing a new chapter of a story, and people are reading it along, you know, reading along with it and getting into it, and getting excited about it. They're giving you all this feedback at the same time, and it's just it is like a writing workshop. It just goes on for months. And you're also developing at the same time a fan base because you're another author who has a very dedicated fan base. I have fabulous fans. They're absolutely wonderful and wonderfully supportive. Yeah, and that's that's a lot of them did come from that area. Certainly in the beginning that was that was where that was that was who was looking for my for my stories and looking to read more of what I had to say. So yeah, they're they're so absolutely you, wonderful. So, so your your first um, story, so to speak, then was the, the full length story was was Surviving Rain, and then after that came the Evan um, series. Uh, the first story, the the short story, uh, Otherwise Alone, was the first story in the Evan Arden series, and that actually was published first. But then the second book came after Surviving Rain. Yeah, the second and the third okay. books. Okay. Well, then, then how did? the savage trainer come into play in all of this because <laughs> he is a phenomenon unto his own self and has quite a fan base and, and, and you two are together today. So why don't you kind of take us through that and let people know kind of what he's all about and how that came to be. 
he has become his own little phenomenon. <laughs> um, so yeah, how how that came to be is right around the time, I think it was right after I had just released Otherwise Occupied, which is the second book in the trilogy, I was joining a new gym. And when you join the gym, they give you a, a free session with a personal trainer. You know, and I just come off the, the high of writing this book and getting it all out, and I was getting a lot of feedback, so it's still very much in my head. And when I walked into the gym and I see the man that I'm set up with as, as my trainer, I don't know if my jaw actually hit the floor or not, but it certainly felt like it because he was my mental image of Ed and Arden. I mean, just to a T, exactly how I had pictured him in my head. And I'm surprised I didn't just go into cardiac arrest just standing there in the middle of the weight room. But oh, so you know, just kind of one one thing led to another. You know, I was working on the third book. I wanted to do a video trailer for for the second book. You know, even though it had been released already, I wanted to get you know some shots and stuff to to use for some more marketing and just kind of asked him if he'd be interested in doing that and he just kind of said sure well, so he really is a trainer so the savage trainer really is a really is a trainer the savage trainer really is savage's trainer yes <laughs> well how great is that i mean talk about serendipitous Absolutely. Yeah, as I said, it was it was very very strange. Um, I always like I think it kind of almost feels like fate or something, but um, <laughs> it's really it's really been a, a very interesting seven or eight months here, I guess. Yeah. Well, we're going to bring him on a little bit, mad him into this conversation. Uh, but I, I would imagine that uh, um, he didn't have exposure to this type of a fandom before, and um, it's going to be interesting to to uh, have his his insight into um, the, the world of, of book boyfriends and, and fandoms of, of and, all and that crazy type of people thing. who think you're the character in a book. <laughs> <laughs> or that, yes. <laughs> but women, and, and, and the media is just kind of starting to pull this out, are are finding that women right now are really attracted to um, strong female leads, women who are are feeling empowered through reading and through the characters that they're reading about. And even though there's male love interests, you know, book boyfriends as they're called, um, a lot of the women also identify with the women in the novels being strong and sexual and family oriented and and wanting to live life and 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 not life living them and are are you finding that with the people who are attracted to your books as well i think most of the time when you're reading a book of any of any genre not necessarily a romance or erotica book but any book you know a good book and good story for me is a story where i can make myself one of the characters in the book whether it's the main character or, or one of the supporting characters around the main character or characters, you know, I want to feel like I'm living that novel. And I think, I think that's what most people read in order to achieve is that, that euphoria of living this other life. You know, because you know, our, our real lives are, when you talk about the day-to-day things that we do, are, are not necessarily all that exciting. So since we're probably not going to become, you know, at this point of part of our lives, we're not going to become a spy and we're probably not involved in the mafia, and we're probably not going to be on a life raft in the middle of the Caribbean. You know, we're living these exciting, exciting things that that these characters are living through. You know, in, from the safety of the of the pages of the book, and, and I think mm-hmm. 
women, you know, myself and I know, you know, other other women I know, and we want to see ourselves as as strong women and as women who are who are take charge and are going to act in a way that we that we think we would act in the same situation or that we hope that we would act in that same situation. So I I think you know, yeah, we do we are looking for those those empowered strong women. And I think most of my characters are like that when they're supposed to be. I thought mm-hmm. I'd like to have well, them be realistic as well. Mm-hmm. We, we are it, 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 no one's a superwoman. It, it, it does seem, though, that, that the, that the um, love story women have kind of evolved out of constantly being damsels in distress. And yeah. that we can't, you know, function without, you know, a man to, you know, take care of us. We want a man. And so I really have enjoyed the, the new era of women writers who, who kind of show what women want as far as trying to balance both sides and, 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 and having a, a passionate and sexual and loving relationship, but yet still being able to not 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 be seen maybe as a as a helpless without a man type type of woman. Right. Right. And it's and it's a it's a tricky thing in the like, you know, for surviving rain for for instance, you know, you've got a situation that isn't just the damsel in distress, but both of them are very much in distress. You know, they're they're on a life raft and you know, there's there's no there's no rescue in sight and they have to figure out how are they gonna live in this situation. And even though it is in the very loosest sense and a very high level, it's kind of, you know, Bastion is, is rescuing Rain from in this situation. You know, he's, he's saving her. He understands how to survive and he knows what to do to keep him alive. Psychologically, he's the one who's in all kinds of distress and all kinds of trouble. So I think with a lot of my stories, I kind of I switch that around. And though there may be a physical situation where the damsel is in distress and that the woman needs the man's help from a psychological and mental standpoint. It's the man who is damaged and cannot survive his within his own psyche without the help of this woman that has come into his life. And that's the secret sauce. That's what we yeah. like. That right there. Well, that's, that's what we like. Now, go ahead. Yeah. Well, and we, we women, we're, we're fixers. And and we like to fix things. <laughs> and we all know one of the first things that we want to fix in our lives are the men in our lives because, you know, they need to be fixed. <laughs> and, you know, and, and going back to this, you know, these are, these are fantasy stories, you know, fictional stories, and that's what makes it actually work. Well, and you even took that back to... Who are, who are able to be fixed. Well, and, 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 and kind of deep down want to be fixed, too. Exactly, and and recognize within themselves that they need that support and that help, which well, doesn't always work about, in real life. That's true. <laughs> Let, let's talk about transcendence, because talk about taking it back to basics. You really did a 180 <laughs> on that one. <laughs> you don't get a whole lot more basic than that, yeah. Um, <laughs> transcendence is a, a story about a real-life caveman back in some era that doesn't actually exist a long, long time ago. And it's about a very lonely man. He's, he is, his family was killed many years before, and he was the only survivor of a, a terrible fire. And he's, he's very much alone and very much lonely. 
and he finds a a woman in the the pit trap he's dug in order to to catch animals and try to try to survive. And she was she's wearing some very strange looking things on her, some very strange things that don't look like leather and don't look like fur, which are the kind of things that he would expect to see somebody wearing. But and she makes a whole lot of noise with her mouth. And he doesn't understand that at all. But he figures since it's a woman and he's lonely, she must be his mate. And he doesn't want to be alone anymore, so he decides to uh, to take her home with him. And he also is a fixer. <laughs> he is a little bit of a fixer, yeah, although I think much less so than <laughs> some of my other characters. Um, Ed, Ed is down in, in his heart. Uh, the, the caveman is very much a sweetheart, and he is very much a giver, and he wants... All he really wants is for his mate to be happy, and he wants to provide for her, and he wants to make sure that she's safe and that she's secure, that there's enough wood to keep her warm and a fire, you know, and, and you know, enough enough food and, and shelter and everything they need. And then, of course, his his point in existence, the point of existence of of all of all living creatures, is to procreate. So, you know, when he gets the shelter and the food and everything taken care of, he needs to put a baby in her. And that is his point in existence. And she just mm-hmm. couldn't be less interested in the beginning. <laughs> well, how does that start? That because here, you know, you're, you're kind of a, a Star Wars, which is real futuristic um, yeah. writing. And then Caveman is really talking about going back to the beginning of, of time. How does that kind of evolve in, in, in your brain? What, what did that look like when you thought, I'm going to write a Caveman story? <laughs> Well, people often talk about, especially these kind of alpha male book boyfriends and that are that can be domineering and can be very possessive as being like cavemen. And you kept hearing people refer to them as cavemen all the time and their behavior being caveman-like behavior. And I just thought about that and I was like, what would that really look like if it was a real caveman, not just you know what we're thinking of might be caveman tendencies? What would caveman tendencies actually be? And I started, which is what usually happens when I start a new, you know, get a new thought or a new story idea in my head. I go and look for it. You know, can I find a story that looks like this and it reads like this? And when I don't find it, I write it because ultimately I want to read it. And that's that's why I write more than anything else is I'm, I'm looking for a particular story to read. And if I can't find it, then I got to come up with it myself. And I just, well, that's you know, what the more I is, thought is, about is how write what you would read. like to read. Yeah. Yeah. I, I write I write for me, I guess, as much as anything. Um, you know, or at least as far I write for for people who want to read the kind of things that I want to read. And if I can't find what I'm looking for, then I have to write it down. You know, and I just mm-hmm. kind of you know thought thought back, you know, from anthropology classes and also if I had a very scientific background and upbringing, and just thought about what would what would that life actually be like, and what would a caveman actually be like. This is probably not quite the same way we really think of as book boyfriends, even if we do call them cavemen. Well, did it did it unveil itself to you different as you went along than, than maybe you had imagined it in the beginning? That particular book was written very stream of conscious consciousness. I mean, I just kind of sat down and started writing it, and it, it almost wrote itself. Um, I'm, I don't normally work that way, but that one was was very much like that, and it was just you know I you know, wanted to kind of give him a a twist as far as his language capabilities and that he doesn't have any, 
you know, not just that he, they don't under they don't speak the same language. He doesn't have any capacity for language. He doesn't understand that you can make a sound and have that sound refer to a noun or this you know this thing that I can hold or this action that I can do. He doesn't understand that concept. So there is no language communication between them. And with that, I just kept thinking about different situations and things that they would be doing in their day-to-day life. And how would that unfold? You know, you've got a, a woman who is, is clearly a modern woman, you know, from, from the beginning of the story. She's clearly modern. She's trying to talk to him. But it's just noise to him, and it gives him a headache and drives him crazy. And and is this really all that unlike today's relationship? You know, we talk, right. you know, we talk about how men and women can't communicate with each other and the whole, you know, men are from Mars and women are from Venus and, you know, we just don't talk the same language even if we're using the same words. You know, we don't understand each other a lot of the time. And and ultimately, I think what makes the relationship work between Ed and Bay, those those two characters, are it's because they can't speak to each other and they can't use language. You know, many romance stories, especially very traditional romance stories, uh, or any story that involves a love triangle or anything like that, you you end up with a lot of it's a it's a miscommunication problem. I heard mm-hmm. him say this, and even though he meant this other thing, this is how I took it. And here are my reactions because I, what I heard wasn't what he meant. You know, or, mm-hmm. or you know, she said something and I took it the wrong way, and you know, and, and I went with that. You know, I didn't think she loved me, so I you know joined the army or whatever you know, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, mm-hmm. that's that's the plot of the story, and this was all removed from that. You know, there there wasn't the ability to have a language problem in that sense, you know, give them a completely different language problem, you know, but so they had to be very genuine with each other. There was no opportunity to lie. You know, you couldn't, couldn't lie or cheat. You might be able to try to hide something, but, you know, everything is physical. Everything is, is nonverbal communication. And it was, it yeah, was challenging and a lot of fun. Yeah, definitely. And, and like you said, you know, a lot of those, we haven't even evolved as a species, really out of those same basic fundamental issues. He's thinking by providing that that's showing love, um, yes. you, know, bring, you know, bringing home or making fire, uh, bringing home meat or whatever. And, of course, you know, her, she, she has kind of a romantic side of, of her brain. So those things are still very basic. To this day, men will say, well, I show you. I, I, I remember my dad saying this to my mom, you know, I show you every day I love you because I come home. You know, I, I come home. Right. I, I, I come home and I brought, home. I brought home a paycheck. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I've, I've provided right. for you. I've, I've, given, I've, you know, I've given you this house. And can I put a baby on you now? Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Which it, I don't know that it's really all that different from a modern relationship. <laughs> exactly. Well, um, another thing that you're also known for is having really great location connections in your book that your fans have really embraced. And they go to these places and they take pictures at these places, and it's really become interactive, your your stories with, with your fans. It, it, is, it has, and, it, and it's fun. And, you know, I've, I've based books in, in different places, you know, either because I'm very familiar with those places already or because it's a place I can go and research. And I think, you know, I definitely get a much better feel for the environment and what's going on and I'll observe things that are that are happening. You know, the Evan Arden series takes place in Chicago and I spent a lot of time in Chicago that year 
just going around to different places and watching people and observing people. You know, it was the end of, of the second book. I, I wrote in my head while I was on a bus in between, you know, the Field Museum and going back to the hotel with my family. You know, <laughs> you know, we were just, you know I was just kind of watching things going on in the bus and the ending came to me. And a lot of the, the scenes from my head were things that were actually happening. Um, you know, there's a, a few times where just, and, and sometimes there'd just be, you know, little things, but it's just, you know, this bar that I saw, it's like, oh, well, that looks kind of like a, an interesting place to go hang out. You know, would Evan Arden hang out in this place? And then, you know, in, you know, Sweetwater was one of the Sweetwater in, in, in Chicago. It's just a, just south of Wacker Drive. And I'd never been there before, but I was, you know, I was there in the area and, um, had one of my my editors had, had met me there, and we went we went and checked it out, and we were just kind of kind of looking around, and we were like, Evan would hate this place. He wouldn't like <laughs> this place at all. And my first thought was that, well, then I've got to find some other place for him to be. And I thought about, it, I was like, no, I don't. It's just got to be the place where his friends drag him to come and hang out, and he'll just hate being there. You know? <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, and there was like, you know, it was a bar, you know, the bartender there who, you know, you know, was, you know. I have no idea what the person's name was or anything, but you know, I'll throw in little tidbits and stuff like that there. And yeah, and then, and then people end up going to those restaurants or the, the 676 Bar and Grill, which is the the restaurant above the Omni Hotel. And the Omni is typically where I would stay when I went to Chicago because a longtime friend of mine is concierge there. And, and so I would I would stay at the Omni, and I you know got to know the, the staff there at that restaurant and bar you know really well. I was doing the research in this, so they're all in there. You know, they're all they're all in the book, and you know, I talk about them, and just I think adding that little personal touch of that place mm-hmm. that you've actually been just brings it more alive. And mm-hmm. then, mm-hmm. yeah, I've had other other times where you know, when we went to do a, a photo shoot up in Chicago for Otherwise Unharmed, which is the final book in that trilogy, um, we had several fans who found out found out that we were going to be there, and ended up meeting us at that bar. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And hung out and, and drank the martini that Evan liked to have there, and it was a good time. Mm-hmm. It, it, you know, it, it really is, and th- those connections that the readers make, and also, like you're saying, the the people connected to those places take ownership in that as well. And I, I'm sure that they're very flattered to be, you know, a, a part of that book. Being in Seattle, of course, I'm connected more to the Fifty Shades destinations. Now, Daisy Prescott has written about Whidbey Island, and you know, a lot of people are going to Whidbey Island. And, um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, there's a, there's a couple other writers. Uh, Terry Brooks, I've had him on the show t- talking about Star Wars. You know, he also writes about the Northwest a lot of times in, in his books. And, 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 and it makes this personal connection. And I have friends who actually live at Escala. And even though, you know, Christian and Anna don't live in Escala at the end of the book. Um, you know, you can't help but go to Escala and and think of, um, you know, Christian and Anna. Yeah. And so when, when I saw all of your fans, you know, in front of Sweetwater and the Omni Hotel and everything, it, it was very, you know, reminiscent. And it, it really does enhance the experience when those things really exist. It just it makes a connection, I think, um, with you, with the people. You know, my, my, my friends who live in the building, they – haven't even read all of the Fifty Shades, but they know everything about it, and and they have sure. you know in Estella a, a Fifty Shades night every now and then, you know, and then the, <laughs> the tenants will, will be involved in that. And, and even though the, the the couple who lives in the penthouse is like an eighty year old couple um, who owned a brewery years ago, you know, I mean, it, everybody still kind of laughs about it. So it really sure. does make this. Um, 
community, so to speak, of, of oh, people yeah. within these books. Yeah, and it gives me a great a great excuse to travel too. So we just we just spent mm-hmm. a week in Miami. So the Savage Trainer and I did down and down there, and yeah, went to Miami Beach, which is where Bastion and Storm live when after they've been rescued. And you know, went to the the condo high rises and stuff where they where they lived down there, and went to you know the local restaurants and stuff, and all of those have, have ended up in the second book. I so love Miami. People are meet and see on the beach. Um, you know, mm-hmm. some some characters definitely stood out more than others. And, so, <laughs> so definitely some. Well, it really there. does because a lot of times when you're a stranger in a new town, you don't even know where to go or what to do. But if you read about these places in the book, like in Miami, then you, you can go to those places and, and they're kind of right. familiar to you or you go to Chicago and, and you, you kind of have these connections and you might actually even run into other people who read the books who happen to be there taking you a could, picture yeah. as well. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, that's, that's amazing. Well, let's take a break. Let's get the Savage Trainer on and we'll come back and we'll, let's talk about uh, how his experience with you has unfolded and I'm sure a lot of people are going, oh my gosh, they went to Miami together. Life doesn't get any better than that. We'll find out it was a nice trip. I bet it was. <laughs> How did one's husband sign off on a trip like that, actually? Uh, one's husband understands that one's husband has been her husband for 25 years, and if he was going to be threatened, <laughs> that would have happened before now. <laughs> <laughs> Just in case I was ever going to write a book. You know, it, it would be nice to know for, for research. <laughs> All right, uh, we're going to take a break. We're going to get the Savage Trainer on the line. We'll be right back. This is Caitlin Logan from right here in Seattle. This is River in the Rain. We'll be right back.
friends, we have a brand new sponsor, Audible.com. You can go to audible.com slash Northwest Prime and sign up for a free download and choose from thousands and thousands of best-selling and new release books. You can also exchange a book anytime, no questions asked. We all lead busy lives, but we can download this free audible.com app to our Android, our iPhone, iPad, Windows, Kindle, Fire, you name it. It's easy to take with you on the go, whether you're working out, in the car, cooking at home, on the way to visit a friend, however you want, you can stay up to date with the greatest books in the world through this wonderful library. I recently chose Crusher by Niall Leonard. This mystery crime drama was filled with action. It was like I was watching a movie. The narrator spoke in an English accent, and I just felt like I was right there in London town. If you choose to stay with Audible, it's only $14.95 a month, and you can cancel at any time. At least check it out. It's free. See if it's for you. Tell them Northwest Prime sent you. That's audible.com slash Northwest Prime, and get to reading when it works for you. All right, we are back with author Shay Savage, and she has written some amazing books. They're at the top of all the charts. Women around the world are reading them, and part of this 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 um, partnership is now with someone called Savage Trainer, and I'm going to let Shay kind of introduce us to him, and we're going to tackle that end of what it's like to be an author and actually have a physical book boyfriend. Um, it's, it's, they're, they're not Fabio anymore, I can tell you that. Oh, definitely not. But, yes, I've, I've brought the Savage Trainer with me. Okay, go say hi. <laughs> and uh, he's a, been called TST, I think, for short, by a lot of the the fan community, just because you know, the we're, we have become a texting society, and three you know three letter acronyms are the norm. So brought brought TST up here, up here with us to uh, see if see uh, what we had to say to him. But yeah, he's been I've been dragging him all over the place on all these research trips with me, and. We've been to a couple of book signings now. We got another one coming up in Chicago, actually, here this next weekend that we're really looking forward to. Well, so TST, did you know anything about book boyfriends before you met Shay Savage? Being another big thing, or still, you know, around this to this day, so. Um, familiar with it um, other than Fabio himself. Mm-hmm. Well, it's really changed from the Fabio days, and now um, these book boyfriends are taking this physical form, and it used to be Fabio was kind of linked to every book that was out there. But now each author has their interpretation of their hero being played out. Um what has that experience been like for you the past eight or nine months as you've gotten this recognition coming really from women all over the world? Beyond amazing. Um, Working with Shay, she's just, you know, she takes care of me. Um, We we work great together, and it's like I've always been a rather modest person, um, you know, living here in the Midwest. (laughs) So, uh, it's just like all of a sudden I'm getting all this tension, and it it does feel great, but 
um, it is it is pretty humbling to know that you know a lot of people out there appreciate the work that we do. Um, I mean, not not like looking good, that, but um, the way that Savage, Savage Shade puts me out there, you know, it's great. Um, I never knew it would have been this big, and when she approached me and kind of asked me about doing it, I was like, sure. And then uh, now it's turning into this, and it's pretty awesome. Mhm. Well, have you have you read any of her books? I have gotten through a couple of them. Uh, I'm a full-time student who works full-time, so enjoyment reading has kind of been pushed off this summer. Um, I have gone through some um, the other Y series, and that way I can better grasp the uh, idea of Evan Martin. Mhm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is what I wanted to find out. If you kind of had a, a concept of who your counterpart was, can, can you identify with him at all? With that? Can you identify with him? Oh, can I identify him? Oh, of course. Of course I can. So you can find similarities about yourself and between you and Evan. Definitely. Um, between his personality, the military, um, having a love for his bird, of course. I love my guns more than anything. Uh, and being the one-shot, one-kill method, um, that's been a huge part of me. Um, and as far as the crime stuff, like being in the mafia and stuff like that, I've always had a huge fascination. I'm kind of losing you. You must be kind of in a bad spot there for for your cell phone. But that is a typical okay. male answer. <laughs> Guns and mafia. That's real manly. I will definitely attest to it. I think he does love the guns more than anything else in the world. So, I'm just well, that's what women that, uh, would want, a real manly man. We're gonna we're gonna move to a slightly different location, see if we get better reception. Okay. You're coming in great, Shay. It's just it, it's uh, just him that I'm having the the connection problem. So he, and a lot of times if you're standing around a lot of concrete it'll it'll do that. Yeah. We'll see if we can hear a little better now. Okay. Is this better? Much better, much better. Perfect. Okay. So you, you you were saying with Evan that that you like well you, you're you're a typical guy so you you like the kind of the crime fiction end of of what Evan's doing the mafia the guns the the drama part indeed so um yeah and you know I've been lucky enough that Evan is such a badass character say that but uh mm-hmm. yeah getting to play him is fun and i pretty much if i were in the mafia he is that's exactly who, who i would be like um in real life so um it's pretty awesome and you don't mind going to these book events and and being fondled by all these women um <laughs> it ain't it took um about 10, 20 minutes and a few shots of fireball to get used to, but um, uh, once I did, uh, it just it rolled smoothly and it was perfect. Uh, it was fun and 
and it's honestly great to meet all the fans and everyone who reads all these books and shares a common interest with Jay and I. So it's it's definitely a fun experience. But um, it was it was uh, something to adjust to, but it's great. I, mean, I can't be happier with how it's going. Mm-hmm. What are you studying in college? Are you going to pursue this and go into acting in the future, or, or what are your what's your major? I was pre-med in human biology since I was a medic in the Army, but I am actually now studying criminal justice in IT and plan on going to law school. So um, that's kind of what I'm going to shoot for first as my main goal um, since I never really thought of modeling anything else as a career for myself. Um, so I always want to have something to fall back on to, um, hence my college or getting my college degree. Um, but, I mean, if this does get any go any further and, you know, you know, um, goes that route and I can grow, then sure, I'll go that way. But um, I still always want to finish school and kind of always have something to fall back onto and, you know, have a safety net. So you were a medic in the Army. Can we start the line now? (laughs) No kidding. No kidding. So you you were a medic in the Army? Yes, ma'am. Wow. Well, thank you for your service. Thank you. Where, where, where all were you stationed? Um, South Carolina, Texas, and then now I'm at home. So I'm doing like the whole National Guard thing. So I'm just doing my one week in a month so that way I can uh, go to school still full-time and still get all my military benefits. But, um, yeah, been all over the states, um, you know, Fort Hood, Fort Sam, Fort Knox, Camp Ripley up in Minnesota, and Fort Jackson, South Carolina. Are you able to take a, uh, advantage of that post-9-11 GI Bill? Yes. Yep, that's actually what's helping me get through school right now. Um, so I love the fact that the military has such great benefits to allow me to go to school and work full-time. So it's like um, I always have a, a decent paycheck to live a little bit above the uh, standard college life, so it's nice. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it's a fantastic doing- plan, and I'm really proud that we have that to offer to our service men and women at post-11 Post 9/11 GI Bill, it's, it's a fantastic program, and it's, it's it's a good thing in the United States that that we, we can offer that to our our soldiers. So yeah, definitely take advantage of that, and and uh, again, you know, just really appreciate your service. You just it, that's just that much more sexy. That's you know, women are gonna love that too. Who doesn't like a man in uniform? Indeed. So she always says I'm a man, a jack of all trades, but um. I just like to explore things. So between the military, being a personal trainer, um, going to law school and stuff like that, you know, it's it is kind of nice having the little different attributes that uh, aid into the character of Evan. Do, do you have a girlfriend or a wife? Uh, no, I do not actually. So Evan Arden or Savage Trainer is single. There you go. All right. Very good, Jay. You you got a single one, so you don't have any. Jealous girlfriends, you know, waiting in the wings. <laughs> Thank goodness. Yeah, I think that just kind of ups the popularity. So now, now we've got the, the body, we've got the going to law school and and single. I'm, I'm really not sure how we can top this. Hey, the patriot. I mean, you know, doesn't get much more sexy than than, than a patriot on top of everything else. Exactly. So what's the, uh, next? Motorcycles, the guns, and the big diesel trucks. Oh yeah! Oh my God! Well, there you go. Can't forget the motorcycle and truck. 
You made him Andy up, loves didn't you, Jay? <laughs> you made him up. You 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 broke one of those lists with everything and threw it into the wind, and, and, and it was like practical magic, and out he came. I wish Phil got a guy with one green eye and one blue, and there he is. <laughs> well, there's contacts for that. <laughs> and he's got. I mean, it, it wasn't a. It was like a little offshoot story, short story I wrote called um, "Untalk Lockable." And the uh, the character of Dick Wolf in that one talks about about rainbow eyes, where you know, they have different different colors on different colors of the eyes depending on you know, what time of day it is or what kind of light you're in. And those are those are Savage Trainer's eyes. They they change on you all the time. You can tell when he's mad too. <laughs> well, we don't want to see you mad. We just want to see no. happy. <laughs> Absolutely. When he's mad, What's he makes next you do you? push-ups. Uh-oh, no, no. We don't want that part of the savage trainer. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's next for you guys? Uh, well, we got the Chicago signing coming up here this coming weekend and a couple more this summer. Orlando, New York will be at the uh, the Vegas book signing there in October. Coming up. Oh, I'm going to try to go to that, so... I'll get yeah. to meet you guys if I go to that. Yeah. No, I think that that one's definitely going to be uh, quite a trip, no doubt. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we just uh, did the first photo shoot for Bastion Storm, and I think we'll at least be having one more of those to get the get the models who didn't manage to make it here today. Um, definitely looking forward to doing that, and definitely going to have him involved in the next couple of books that are coming out this year. Nice, nice. Well, it, it just adds so much more when when you actually have it. It's like having those destinations that are in a book. When you have a real person kind of as your book boyfriend, and you, you get to know him, and you get to see him at these events, and you get to talk with him and, and, and take a picture with him, it really adds a, a whole new dimension to the reading experience. It really makes it almost like a 3D experience because, you can physically touch these things. Yeah, and, it's, and from a you know, from a purely artistic standpoint, you know, I'm I'm an independent author. You know, I don't go go through a publisher, so I have to do every everything is all you know done on my own. And you know, and one of the big parts of that, of course, is the cover art. And you know, a lot of a lot of times, you know, indie authors and, and also published authors too. You know, a lot of you end up with a lot of stock pictures. And I know I've had other independent authors say. Oh, you know, I just saw, you know, the the picture of of my character who's on the cover of my book, who's on the cover of somebody else's book too, which is you know, another thing that I, that I kind of like about, you know, about having him around is I know that, you know, his my my picture on the, my cover isn't going to end up on on somebody else's book, and mm-hmm. you know, we've got, mm-hmm. you know, used him for for all the covers that I've had somebody on, you know, so far, and he's actually he's he's on the cover of of Ben's, which is an anthology of myself and, and seven other authors in the Erotica Consortium. That's coming out May 5th, and he's on the cover of that one, too. So we're spreading him around a little bit. Well, and, and he's also in a lot of the teasers and the trailers. You know, we were talking about that when we were off air, about uh, Jada Lee doing your teasers and trailers, and, and what a fantastic job that, that she does, which, again, is a whole other aspect to, to books now, is, is doing, I, I know Heather Maven does them, too, um, doing these remarkable trailers for for the fans, really, um, 
and they do such a wonderful job. It's just like they came right out of Hollywood putting these teasers and trailers together based on 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 that particular book, and then they vary from book to book to book. Yeah, it's a it's a really interesting, you know, I think relatively new phenomenon. It's just you know having this, you know, this this video you know video representation of the book and the characters in the book is a, it's a whole other thing. You know, it's not it's not just about you know the writing and having little written teasers and stuff like that when you're when you're marketing a story, but yeah, you got this this whole other aspect where you can really help you know bring that book to life. You know whether you're you're taking a collection of still photos or if you're taking video, either either way, just kind of combine that all in. But yeah, Jada does an absolutely fabulous job at putting all that stuff mm-hmm. together. Mm-hmm. Well, and I'm, I'm sure the fans just really like when you bring the Savage Trainer with you um, to all of these signings, and they get to meet. It's you know you really get a twofer. You know you get they, they get to meet you, the creator, and then they have him in the physical to actually be there and just continue to enhance that experience. And that's what ma- is making reading so fun now. It's not just a solitary um, act where you're just you know locked away reading. People are coming out of their houses and they're going to these book events and they're having these friendships with with other people who read the same books. Uh, they're meeting these book boyfriend models and they're being able to be in groups and and share that that same passion outside. Just like I said, you know, a, a solitary situation. Right. It, it ends up making just a, a whole new you know community. You know, we've got. You know all different kinds of kinds of different organizations and stuff that you can go to belong to, and that's basically what this has become. You know, it starts as a as an online community. People chat on Facebook or you know trade messages back and forth on Twitter or pictures on Instagram or whatever it is. All these different social media devices, and then ultimately you end up you know creating you know you start with you know some online events where people just all gather online at the same time, and those move into actual physical events, and you end up with you know meeting the physical people and and developing you know relationships and friendships with these people. It's just a it's really exciting. I mean, and it's a whole lot of fun. You get to meet people from from all over the world. You know, I know I'm you know planning on meeting you know meeting some people I've, I've talked to online for for you know months or even years, and actually being able to physically meet them finally, you know, because you you feel like you've known them forever. Uh, but mm-hmm. I, I love just you know all the fans coming up and you know and, and meeting you know and wanting whether you know wanting wanting a book or you know wanting their picture taken or whatever it is. It's really exciting. It's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what's their picture taken Absolutely. within this? <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine one. <laughs> well, it was really great getting to meet both of you today and be able to talk to you, and it really puts you know, so much in perspective um, about you, the, the author, and and him being the physical image of, of who you see and being able to have seen him and known him, that he was that character, the, the moment that, that you saw him. Uh, it just really is, is amazing. It's it's a whole new world for, for books and readers, and, you know, I, I don't think there's been any better time to be a reader and a fan than what's happening right now in the in the or an author for yeah. sure or an author absolutely in 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 the writing world yeah no it's it's definitely been very exciting i'm i'm very glad to be a part of it 
Well, thank you for coming on, and I really appreciate oh, him coming on as well. It was, you know, it was just really nice to, again, to, to get to talk to both of you and and let the listeners hear you. You know, a lot of times when we're in social media, everyone just, you know, they don't actually get to know what people sound like. So I know it's important to them to actually get to hear everybody's voice and and uh, who, who can't get to a lot of these events. And um, but there's probably an event coming to someone sometime near you because they're everywhere now. It's uh, I think there's one in New Orleans and there's one in D.C. and there's one in Las Vegas and um, they're, they're, they're just kind of everywhere. So if if you can, get out, do these events and, and meet these wonderful people who are, who are putting some amazing things together and changing the way that we read books. So thanks a lot for coming on. No, thank you very much for having us. I really appreciate it. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. No problem. No problem. We're going to listen to Dave Rudy's with Tesla. Tesla's going to be coming here in just a few weeks. This is On My Own again. We'll be right back. Baby, I remember when we first met. One look at you and my heart was set Thought you might be the one to end this pain But here I am again Can't see the end I'm on my own 
We would like to thank our listeners, our guests, and, of course, our sponsor, Audible.com. We've included an easy one-click link to Audible.com where you can just go and browse and check out and see if catching up on your reading is right for you through an audiobook. The first book is free. doesn't cost anything to check it out. So check it out. Get back with us. Let us know what you think. And be sure to also check out NorthwestPrime.com for this interview and other great interviews that we've had with numerous celebrities and other entertainers in the past. Thanks and have a great day.